Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, and other things we like. Thanks for joining us today. Everett, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Uh, Saturday, I had yeah. some donuts. Ooh, I had cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls? Yeah. Like homemade cinnamon rolls? No, out of the tube. Oh, so you, you cut the tube open, put them on a pan, and type of deal. Yeah. Pipes pie plate kim went on her uh saturday morning she walks with a friend on saturday morning i think they they call it the, their i think they call it running but they walking they, yeah uh but she usually brings home donuts for the kids and i try to sneak one so she brings home only two N- no oh, <laughs> that's like, the good that's... news she brings home many more than two <laughs> okay. so and and i really like donuts who doesn't yeah actually i'm not the biggest donut fan i don't know it's weird People comment on that routinely about that it's weird that I don't like donuts that much. But no, that is weird. I know. What is it you don't like about them? They're too sweet, man. I'm confections. Like mm-hmm. I, if I'm given the choice between a donut and a scone, I'm for some reason going to go with a scone because mm-hmm. they're not as sweet. They're not like I don't know. They're not as fluffy. I feel like donuts are so. F- which is this is why people like donuts. They're they're too fluffy for me. They I feel like I'm eating like styrofoam that's not dense. I don't know. I have no. No real answer. They're just not for me. I love them. They're my favorite, especially on Saturdays. I'll have cinnamon rolls. So good. There's no competition there for confections. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you, yeah, we'll we'll just make sure we get both. Uh, so yeah, what we're we're here today. This is episode three, three of forty and twenty. Today we're talking about I think something pretty cool. We're gonna talk about reach watches. For us in particular, right? That's how I took this. Is like these are my reach watches, and when we say reach watches, what we mean are watches that uh, not something that you would normally buy. Uh, watches part part of what we're gonna part of what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to figure out w- what is a reach watch. We haven't really talked about this before. I mean, we have a little bit, obviously, enough to plan the show. But what is it? What is it that we each consider a reach? Um, what's realistic? What's unrealistic? So. That's what we're doing today. Uh, before we get started, I uh, do have one one sort of follow up from episode two. Episode two was our three watch for six hundred dollar collections. We reached out to some. Uh, we reached out to you guys and said, "Hey, w- what would you do? What would you if you had six hundred dollars? What three watches?" We got thousands of submissions. Thousands. We poured through them and. <laughs> <laughs> and and narrowed it down to just two just two uh the the two folks that uh submitted i think pretty actually awesome uh awesome contributions to that uh one of them watch you seek user oversteer he submitted a a three watch six hundred dollar collection as if he were starting from scratch so it took mm-hmm. more of the approach i did um and and it's kind of a big brand three watch i, I think it's awesome he he went with a Seiko Turtle SRP seven seven three. That is, you can get them for two hundred and eighty five bucks. Um, really cool watch. I'm surprised neither one of us went that direction. Yeah, actually, I was too. When I saw it, I was like, oh duh. Why? How did that not come into my consciousness as I was making my list? And partly it was because I wasn't starting from scratch. I was looking at expanding my collection. But still, I don't know how it didn't make my list. Citizen Nighthawk uh, was his second choice, and 
uh, I, I think those float between 200 and 250, mm. which is which is what Oversteer said. Um, freaking cool watch. They are. Uh, I, I I've never I've never held one, but supposedly that bracelet is one of the best affordable bracelets. Have you ever Have you ever seen one of those? I haven't. I'm actually looking it up right now. Um, it's a aviator style, kind of a busy oh, dial. Yeah. I, I don't know that that watch is an everyday watch. Certainly not. Uh, certainly not an all day, every day watch, but um, I think it could be though. Yeah. I think it just kind of depends on the environment you're in. And I mean, I sell beer. I could, I could pretty comfortably wear that every day. I, I like having a waterproof watch. I took a beer bath Thursday. I was changing a keg. Like a therapeutic beer bath. Yeah. Like just dunked myself in, uh, changing a keg and was very glad that I was wearing the, uh, the Mako that day because I was moist. Damp, like just no, just wet. It's no good... more of that. <laughs> yeah. The third watch overseer went with Timex Waterbury. Mm-hmm. Freaking cool! I again, I'm really surprised that neither one of us got there. Um, that's a cool watch. You know, I, I actually probably not inclined to buy most Timexes. There's a couple of them out there. Uh, one of them's their GMT three or three GMT. I can't remember. Uh, their big sort of dog bowl quartz GMT. Not a watch that I think is is beautiful, but is is cool. Um, but the Timex Waterbury forty millimeter kind of just everyday dress watch with Indiglo, that big domed acrylic crystal, cool for fifty five bucks. So that rounds out his collection. Mm-hmm. I think he got up to about five ninety, almost six hundred bucks. It's dope. You got six hundred bucks. Dope. Use it. Yeah. Uh, the other the other user uh, watch seek user that that gave us uh, an item he this is an all quartz selection from the tie I believe is how you say it or it's theti but I assume it's the tie watch seek user the tie uh, an all quartz four hundred thirty one bucks is his total uh, leaving money on the table man. leaving the money I love it. So three three watches, the Victorinox twenty four two four one two nine one. Um, there's no name for this Victorinox. I don't think are like Seikos where people give them nicknames. But this is a everyday quartz braceleted field watch. Sick! It's awesome. I think if you're if you're not dying for uh, if you're not dying for an automatic movement, that it's a it's a super cool watch. The bracelet looks phenomenal. Size is good. Um, Victorinox is obviously a great brand. Love it. Second choice, a watch I don't know a whole lot about. A Phoebos, I assume that's how you say it, or maybe it's Phoebos. Um, yeah, I don't know. PX 002A 002A. It's a 42 millimeter sub homage dive watch i think they have 300 meters of water resistance ronda 515 i don't know 515 i don't I, not a watch that's ever been on my radar and for 119 bucks 120 bucks yeah i think they're pretty cool um i actually didn't find the 002a for sale i found the 002b for sale which is sort of this dark blue gosh i don't know i i Without having seen one in, in person, I I couldn't think of anything bad to say about it besides it's a fairly generic sub homage, and also his third choice was a G Shock DW fifty seven fifty, eighty dollar G Shock. Uh, 
Another one I'm surprised it didn't make either of our lists. Yeah, you know, I think we both probably floated 5600s, which would be, Mm -hmm. that would be the watch I'd go for. The 5750 is a more rounded um, watch-like case. Uh, The the 5600 is that square or rectangular model. So, yeah. I like that Phoebos logo, that octopus with a crown. That's a... The, like, Cthulhu. (laughs) Yeah. Is that how you say that, Cthulhu? I... Maybe. How how often do you think it's going to happen that we're going to say things for the first time on the show and then doubt ourselves? Every time we say anything, I say it, I doubt myself even when I'm not being recorded and broadcasted. So we got a comment this week. I'm not going to name the user, but he he said, "Repeat after me, Voss stock, not Vo stock." Oh shit! I didn't know Vostok. Okay. Yeah. Now we know. I knew we were going to pronounce things wrong, like Jagger Lacoltra. Uh, but I did not assume it would be a brand like Vostok that's ubiquitous and sort of something we've talked about a number of times. Uh, it, you know, sometimes it just doesn't occur to you that you're saying something wrong when you've only ever read it. Yeah, and I think part of that is the the making English of a of a word that's not English. Like when I'm in an Italian restaurant, I don't emphasize Italian words. I say it bruschetta yeah i don't i don't right even though that's how you say it you call it fucking bruschetta asshole yeah and that's because that's because well a i'm an asshole so i'm like that's me uh but i'm i don't i don't change the way i speak to cater to how it should be said in another language like i i speak arabic and when i say arabic words i still say them like when i'm speaking in english i still say them as though i'm speaking english right like i don't you don't turn up the accent yeah i don't turn it up just because i speak the language doesn't mean i have to use it in english i don't know maybe that's it i i could be completely wrong about vostok but yeah that's my that's my assumption i I, uh i've never thought about it i'm probably not gonna worry about it i'll mispronounce it in the future sorry oversteer uh we'll try i mispronounce all kinds of things that's not that's just gonna be number one ten thousand on the list we're gonna fuck it up you guys feel free to send in your corrections so um yeah we're just two guys drinking beer right (laughs) so uh what do you think you want to get to the main topic yeah shall we i think so so reach watches Mm. yeah here's how i defined it pretty simple something i'm gonna have to pitch to my wife more than one time (laughs) probably in excess of five times and be and have like a separate location to store money to purchase it because you can buy a watch on a whim you can be like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna buy this watch it's 150 bucks i did that this morning i bought the bambino this morning booyah (laughs) got it (laughs) so it'll be in the mail probably monday and there was no batting of her eyes but if i said hey i'm gonna spend 600 dollars on a watch today there'd be two eyebrows raised and a conversation right so that's how I define a reach watch. And then also part of it is I was defining a reach watch for me, mm. what it what a reach watch is. So I don't have a, a vast collection of watches in excess of even $300. So for me, every watch you buy is a reach watch the first time you buy it. So the Citizen Aviator was a reach. I think I paid $180 for it. Right. And for my first watch, that was a, that was a stretch because you can go to Walmart and you can pick up a watch for 45 bucks or or even macy's you can pick up a, a fossil or a skagen for a hundred ish exactly so to to skagen it's pronounced skagen i don't know what it's called 
Skagen. <laughs> Who knows? Weird word. Um, but that was that was how I looked at it. So my first watch yeah. was my first Reach watch at under two hundred dollars. Yeah, same for me because, with, the, with the SKX. Right. So because to, to spend that kind of money on a watch, something that seems, especially to your partner, is like, what do you, what do you, what, what, what? You have to spend that much money on on a on a watch. What does it do? Right. So that was kind of how I took it. So every watch I buy, for the most part, when I'm when I'm stretching a little bit is a reach watch so right now for me a reach watch would be in excess of four hundred dollars but for the purpose of this episode i went greater than five hundred dollars is going to require multiple sales pitches because selling starts at no and i know the first time i say hey i'm gonna get a strella cosmos for 703 bucks i'm not gonna get a yes right like i just know that a yes is not what follows that thought so for me that's my first reach watch the strella cosmos the C038 LAS, it's 542 euros uh, as of yesterday. That converts to $703. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, and the reason I picked this is it was the first watch that I saw of this style that really stuck out to me. And it wasn't even the Strella brand. It was the, um, oh, the, oh, shoot, it starts with a P. Uh, Pleasure. Yeah, the Poljot. Uh, well, I think Strella and Poljot. It, are... it all they all kind of blended together, um, but that was that was the first watch I saw, and it's in that same kind of cream dial color. It's got really great tipped colored tips on the on the hands, um, and that was the first watch of this style that when I saw it, I was like, "Oh boy, yeah, I need you." Well, these things are just uh, ubiquitous. You know, any any sort of discussion about affordable chronographs, they come up um, because they're the the history of the thirty one thirty three movement is so cool, right? And the and this the the passion behind the thirty one thirty three. As I was as I was looking at this watch, because I I've looked at them a lot, and as I looked at it, I I started looking at the movements and started looking at at the the vastness of the 3133 and the wide appeal that it that it has for people whether it be people who just like russian watches people who like chronographs people who it, they appeal to a really wide variety of folks and this one made my list just on site and then as i learned more about it it got deeper and deeper into my i need to add this watch so this is actually a reach watch that i've had i'm probably on sales pitch number eight ten for it and oh, so I, you're in the you oh i'm in the throes okay. of of making this pitch and making this sale i have yet to start the the sub savings and start like kicking money into it in my in my banking um because honestly i was kind of just hoping more but like, yeah whatever that's not gonna happen that was stupid but right. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, what so that's an interesting question. What do you do? Uh, how do you set aside money for watches? You know, physically or or you know, what, what's your process for actually setting the money aside? So my money setting aside process is, I think, like anybody else's, in saving for money. I have you know, if I get a good bonus month, when I have pay for travel, I take a piece of that and I throw it into usually into cash and then into a safe. Uh, it really should be going into just create a sub savings account named Strella Cosmos, right? And, and that way, I have it associated with it, so I'm not dipping into it. And... So your your process is to get cash and to keep that cash aside. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's mine. Is it's it's discretionary income, money that I didn't expect to come in. So it's not sure. even something I'm saving that I budgeted for savings. 
it's a little bit slower process when you're counting on surprise money. Right. Um, but I think that, that, or it's faster. Yeah. Right? Hornets, like we're just one day, you know, money turns out. Yeah. You turn 16 into 600. Like that happens. Right. Uh, that happened <laughs> to me this week. I was, uh, doing some account support. Uh, we, we gathered at <laughs> one of our accounts and we're drinking some beer in the, and after we finished our work day and, uh, two of my coworkers were playing video poker and I had 16 money in my wallet. I was like, all right, and I put it into the VP machine and this is not advocating that this is how you should make money. So we're clear. <laughs> and I just was hitting max bet, max bet. And I was down at three bucks and I was like, all right, well, this is my last bet. And I hit 80 and I was like, okay. I'm going to play it to 50 or I'm going to play it to 100 because I'm not, I haven't lost money here. And the very next spin, I won 600 money. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So I let it run through its little cycle of pay me my money and then I cashed out right then and there. That's not a great way to plan for saving for watches, but I did buy a Bambino out of it. So, <laughs> right, you right. know. And, and what are you going to do with the rest of it? Uh, well, we're going to Mexico in January. Mexico. So, uh, the first, uh, the first, 40 and 20 field trip is has already been planned. Yes. Mexico. Yes. With the wives. Yeah. And no kids. None. Dude. Well, not our kids. There could be kids there, but they won't be ours. <laughs> we don't we don't have to we don't have to worry about them. Yeah. They're going mine's going to my my dad. Yeah, uh, my mom's going to my mom's going to come down and take care of mine. Yeah. So, that's where the rest of it's going. And had that not been on the horizon, I would have fully cashed in on my list of three watches for 600 bucks. All right, you texted me and you were like, this is serendipity. It was. I told my wife that and she was actually on board. But then as I, I thought about it a little bit, I was like, you know what? We're going on vacation. As much as I would like these three watches, I can make a couple sales pitches and spend this money anyway, so I might as well take this surprise money and put it into vacation fun money. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, I I take uh, so I do. I I'm actually similar in that I'll uh, set cash aside for my my watch purchases. You know, and, and it's not always just surprise money. Sometimes I'll just I'll pull out forty bucks from a paycheck uh, and, and set it aside. What I want, what I wind up doing with that because I don't want to have uh, a, a big pile of cash hanging around. It just seems like easy to lose or you know whatever, but. I put it into PayPal, so you can go. You can actually take cash and and submit it to PayPal. There's a little fee. I don't know how much it is. If you wait till you have three or four hundred, it's like a buck fifty or two bucks or something like Where that. Where do you take your money to give it to PayPal? Um, Bymart does it, or not Bymart, uh, Rite Aid. Huh. I think Seven Eleven does it. I usually go to Rite Aid because there's a it's just a pharmacy right down the street. Uh, there's a little. The app pops up a little, I think it's a QR code, and they scan the QR code, and you hand them the money, and then, pow, it's like magic. It just shows up in your PayPal. So I usually have cash because <clears throat> my bank doesn't have any branches here. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, us us either, right? Because yeah. we, use, we use USA too. Oh, yeah. Then that's, yeah. So we don't have any branches here. And I did this morning a search for banks where they, like, you can make deposits. Mm. There was none. No, it's hard to cash, do cash deposits in yeah. the USAA. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a way. <sighs> spend the cash. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just spend it. <laughs> Just burn it. Well, so what, is, what else you got? What's your second? Okay. So with my, what a reach watch is having been defined and my first reach watch uh, now said, you should see Everett's face because reach watch number two is the Stoa Marine Classic. And so it's happened. I think this is maybe Stova. Stova? You know, I don't know. So now I've committed. 
and I'm and we're both we're both subject to ridicule at this point. Uh, so Snow is an abbreviation of the guy's like the first three letters of his first name and the first two letters of his last name, or maybe it's first two and first three smashed together. But it's German, right? Yeah, but it's still made up. Okay, <laughs> so we can call it whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, Stova, Stoa, whatever. You know what I'm talking about if I say if I say Stoa. Yeah. No, you might look at me like I'm an asshole, yeah. but you're still gonna know what I'm talking about. Right. Right. Yes. Exactly. Versace. Yeah. I'm still an asshole. We know this. This is that's w- well documented, and hopefully, shortly understood by He's a likable all of you who are just getting to know me. Uh, yes. So this is number two, the Marine Classic, forty millimeter uh, with Arabic numerals. Um, the Roman numerals don't do it for me. I don't. I don't know why. I have. I have yet to see a dial that Roman numerals really really seem to to be what I want. And I, I can recognize that they look good, but they're just, they're not for me, maybe yet. Maybe they'll grow on me. Maybe I'll see a, see a watch and be like, whew, you got Roman numerals and I want you. Well, that's, that's interesting. I had that, I, I was thinking about that this week. I, the, the Roman numerals I wind up being okay with are California dials type, type numer- Roman numerals, mm-hmm. which the, I think California dial in and of itself is a little controversial, but the I, I like the sans serif sort of um contemporary font roman numerals or at least i don't mind them uh but anything with like a, a heavily serif sort of er, early 20th century mm-hmm. or late 19th century font style i'm not into it i don't dig it i don't think these pull up the the ones with the roman numerals you hit back <laughs> Now you've ruined it. Um, oh boy! I think they have pretty simple Roman numerals from. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, that's fine. But I, they I, still they. I just I prefer the Arabic numerals me, me on the on the dial, and I I totally really like these watches. I like the history of this of this brand being a, a really old a German watchmaker, a brand that's grown, a brand that's been reinvented. Well, so I don't um, know. I mean, what, what? Tell me. So they started in like 1927. Um doing i think doing pocket watches was really what i mean at the time was really where it began and they did a lot of um watches for the german military uh their their factory in germany was destroyed by allied forces during world war ii uh they had to move uh and then i want to say i i read this either last night or this morning i can't remember i don't remember the date but in relatively recent history like in the last 40 years um, brought on a new head watchmaker and kind of reinvented the brand and brought it back to the mainstream. Hmm. Um, and they it's just not do, a brand I'm super familiar with. They just do really good looking, really simple, that Bohaus style, Bohaus style, Bauhaus yeah. style, um, simple, elegant looking watches. Is this what you call, is this a, a deck watch? I think this might be what you'd call a deck watch or okay. a marine watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the blue hands. No, it's beautiful. Um, and and what? So what is this? Five hundred and fifty euros. So five, yeah, five fifty euros rings in at about six hundred and twenty-eight bucks. Okay, so yeah. not you know still an, exp- an not crazy though. Not crazy. Uh, an affordable reach watch, I think, is what we can say. Like this is yeah. a watch. I'm, if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy maybe two watches this year, as opposed to three or four. Yeah. Um. But I think a, a watch that I really would like to 
to add to my collection. Everything I've read about him is always really positive, really classic, really comfortable. Um, just great, great looking watches. That well, are... and I think in, in terms of brand, I think in terms of brand prestige, it's got a, a, a respectable, you know, a, a brand that people like. I don't, I don't know what, what that is. That's always sort of an intangible, you know, people say, do you like this brand or not? Or do people like this brand? Mm-hmm. I, I think they're right in there. People like it. Well, and I think a brand like that, you know, whenever, when, shit, when you wear, wear any diver out and a non-watch person sees your dive watch, their first question is, oh, is that a Rolex? Oh, right. Right. Uh, your Mako, right? Yeah. I get, I've, I've very seriously been asked by a couple of people, oh, are you wearing a Rolex? Hey, asshole, this doesn't look anything like a Rolex. No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not, and it's not that I have anything against Rolex, but Rolex has become the kind of the uh, the mainstream brand recognition watch brand for yeah, no, it is. for luxury watches. Whether I mean, I'm they are uh, they. It's one of the biggest biggest brands in the world. But I think for yeah, I think I think that's it. I think it's probably the most recognizable watch brand in the world oh i think without a doubt i don't think it's there's no any, anyone even close and i think you'd be hard-pressed to find knockoff stovas or stoas sure i think you'd be hard-pressed to find knockoffs and i think it's because it's a little bit smaller watch brand that appeals to uh more the watch lover than the mainstream yeah um and that's that's i mean and the the the, the strella is the same way and maybe it's just because we don't live in germany sure um that we're not that that we as americans aren't as familiar with the watch brand it just doesn't have the yeah that might be true this you, you know uh objectively i i think it's a it's a super cool watch it, it's not a brand that i've spent a lot of time with but at a 2824 i think or yeah with the at a 2824-2 so i think super cool watch uh why now you just ordered a bambino yeah for you this versus the Bambino, why are you going to consider reaching for this? Reaching for this. So really what it is is the brand. Mm. Is as I, I would love to have a piece of this brand in my watch collection. I don't know a whole lot about the movement. What I know is, is and, and this is this kind of falls with with all of my watch ta- like my reach watch tastes is they're either typically throwback watches. They're they're hearkening back to like whether it be classic military style or just or classic aviation watches or just an old brand that has a cool history behind it, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's something that I I like and it's a relatively affordable um, watch that I know is going to be a very quality timepiece. It's going to be um, something that looks good. It's going to be something that I like to wear. Um, <clears throat> When I'm looking at this movement, this decorated movement, uh, these Geneva stripes and the perlage on the bridges, um, it's it's gorgeous. The, but it, it always feels to me a little. I'm both sort of pleased that I've got this gorgeous decorated movement on. You know, if I'm wearing, uh, like for instance, my my Ed mm-hmm. uh, my Ed 1963 chronograph. It's it's a, a simply decorated movement, but it's it's a decorated movement and beautiful, just gorgeous to look at. But no one sees it, so I, I'm always torn between 
Uh, one, being really satisfied that I've got this decorated movement on, and two, thinking, well, this is a little extra. It is a little extra, but it's for you. I mean, the reason you get to see the movement is is it's you. You know the movement's there. I mean, it, it, it's like if you wear, you know, a pair of expensive shoes, for the most part, people aren't going to notice your shoes. Yeah. Unless you run into another person who recognizes that brand. And goes, right. What's up? Like, A, you know you've met somebody who you can who you can bullshit with for half an hour. And imagine if you're like at a at a your 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 wife's like work cocktail party, which is you know, they're fun-ish, but you're around a bunch of people you don't know. And if you you rock a you rock that watch and somebody recognizes it, you're like, Yes! Yes! I have I've found it. someone here I've to spend it. the next hour and a half with who we can talk about something that we have a shared interest of. Yeah, I think more often than than not, that person you say, "Oh, oh, is that a stova?" And they're like, "I don't, I don't know. It's I got it was a gift." And then they walk away and think bad things about you. That's that's the story of my life. Whatever, it's a coin toss. Or <laughs> yeah. or you I think it's I think it's worse than a coin toss. And but... he's like, "Yeah, dude, do you want to see, look look at this movement? Look how beautiful this movement is!" Right. And then bam, you've got. Did we just become best friends? Exactly. Uh, and I think I mean that's that's part of it. It's it's part of this kind of weird little community of people who appreciate something that is not widely appreciated and that's i think cool yeah i mean i have plenty of things that no one else appreciates that and i do I, and like i bump into people who are you know we get on the same page about it and and, and you know if you're wearing a timex or even a seiko uh the odds that someone you know unless they're unless they're with right uh the odds that someone's gonna be like seiko that's cool right because mm-hmm. everybody knows what a seiko is uh it, it doesn't have any sort of there's no mystery to it mm-hmm. there's no um you, you know a watch person might know it and 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 like that brand but casio is the same way uh i was wearing a i was wearing my my casio arnie one day and uh one of my coworkers said what kind of watch is that i said oh it's a casio and they were like a humble casio kind of made fun of me knowing mm-hmm. i'm in uh, friendly a uh, friendly make fun poke fun because knowing i'm an, I'm a watch person uh and i wanted to you know the q everett like go gadget nerd wanted to you know explain why i thought it was cool and instead i just smiled and moved on which is the right move but that nerd uh the nerd part of me want <laughs> yeah, exactly. schwarzenegger wore this in kindergarten cop <laughs> i saw uh, i was at work the other day and i saw someone do the wrist jiggle uh uh-huh. I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and I caught a peek of his watch, and I was like, is that an Orient? Was it? Yeah, it was an Orient. I, I, so you, you can recognize the, the Orient logo pretty well on a yep. dial, even at a at a mild distance, you know, right. five, seven feet. Um, we got to talk about watches, and I happened to be wearing my Mako that day, and we bullshit a little bit about Orient watches. And um, he actually had gotten his as a gift, which then kind of propelled him into learning about the watch that he had like why it had stopped running when he wasn't wearing it and got into the a little bit into understanding watches but definitely a conversation that wouldn't have occurred if i didn't recognize the the wrist jiggle right so i guess we'll move on to my third reach watch um the shinola runwell chrono ringing in at 750 i think that's actually the most expensive one on the list what did this Estrella come in at 703. Yeah, so the most expensive one on the list. And another watch. So what you'll see in each of these three watches is there something that 
the reason I could justify them being a reach watch um, and spending in excess of $600 on a watch is because it's something like it's kind of special to me. Uh, like there's this, there's some sentiment already associated with, with the brand or with that watch. So Stova came in, like Strella was the first watch that I saw that I was like, holy shit, that's a beautiful watch. I, I need to have that watch. The Stova was one of the first watches that I saw stroll, like scrolling through Instagram as I kind of got interested in watches and started following watch brands. Like them and Hamilton were two watches that just like I, they stood out. There was something special about it. And maybe there's not anything special about either of those brands, but the way they resonated with me is and then And I think that's what it is too. It's mm-hmm. a it's a personal it's a personal feeling with I mean, a brand identity is such a weird uh borderline like irrational Completely. We were talking about that this morning when we were talking about cameras. Oh right. I, I bought I bought duck calls this morning. Duck calls. Yeah. So I bought it. I don't even know the brand right off the top of my head. Is it the Duck Dynasty? No, I didn't get them. <clears throat> I got... So, A, I went to Cabela's this morning to buy duck calls because I know I have some somewhere, but they could be anywhere. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go buy some duck calls. I bought a set. It was a goose call and a duck call that was on sale. Two for one. Two. Well, I mean... Bogo. Maybe. I don't know. It wasn't It wasn't like buying two. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> a combo pack, if you will. Because okay. um, they were on sale. And in all likelihood, all of my future waterfowl call purchases will be that brand. Mm. Until some other brand comes in and gets me through their marketing and says, Hey, this is the duck call that's going to bring them from all over the world to you. But until then, I will probably be using that duck call brand because it that that first one that that you get, there's always some kind of unique relationship to that uh, to that brand. Like I still use Primos elk calls. I know they're not the best elk calls in the world, uh, but they work for me. They're the first elk calls that I bought. They're what I learned to call elk on. I've found success with them. For and the you're most comfortable. Part. And I'm comfortable with them. I yeah. like them, and I'm a creature of habit. So for me to go out and buy a different brand or a different package even would make me a little bit uncomfortable sure uh without like very noticeable results immediately so uh that being said i'm a pretty sentimental guy in that regard when it comes to brand um you like what you like yeah Yeah, i like what i like and maybe there's no reason for it so number three the shinola runwell chrono 750 uh shinola was the was kind of my first brand of watch that i saw and i was like wow watches are not all the same like there's something maybe or maybe not special about this brand but i'm i like them i like the way they look i like what they what they market themselves as uh and i'm i'm into it so this is the the chronograph i like the dial is just it it's a it's a cool looking watch. It's a special watch to me, even though I've never worn it. I've never touched one, but that's number three on the reach list. Yeah. And I think these are a little controversial. I think, uh, controversial as I guess what I mean by that is I I don't know that everyone would agree with you and you, as you've sort of gotten into watches have always come back to Shinola. You always, you know, a brand you like I've probably fallen victim to the, the crowd think, uh, I've got not maybe not quite as positive a, an outlook, but 
but really at the end of the day if you're if you're if you're taking time and being considerate and and really thinking about you know what is Shinola what are they trying to do um I, I think that there's a lot of good things you know I, there there was this idea that Shinola was American made and then they maybe had to back off of that but notwithstanding that they're still doing uh they're still doing you know assembly and yeah, they're buying Swiss um, parts. They're so the yeah. the in this chrono, it's a the Argonite five zero two one movement, and that's a that's their in house name for the Ronda five zero two one D. They they they're buying that Ronda movement. They're they're buying the Swiss parts, um, and and assembling them in Detroit. And they make they it's a it's a cool it's a cool little brand. It's a it's a good looking watch and. If we're in the reach watch category, yeah, this is what I mean. Every watch you buy, you're gonna have a, a unique relationship to it. Sure. No one buys a watch. They're like, hmm, 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 uh, well, no, uh, no watch people. I, I mean, I think some people do buy watches that way. No, but I think even the people who I think even those people who are buying a watch, they they walk up to the glass box and they look in. Or they spin it, and they find the watch that they they look at, and they go, "Oh, I like that watch. Yeah, I could wear that." Or, "Oh, I, you know, that watch costs twenty five bucks. I don't care what happens to it. I have a drawer full of sport watches yeah. like that that I paid no money for, and then I then I spent a little bit of money on one and have replaced the battery." Woo! <laughs> um, well, I had lunch with a client. Um it's been several months now but i had lunch with a client who's wearing one of these and it was actually a uh, a gold plated version blue dial gold plating the same watch um but but with some minor differences and i and i had asked him about it and he was pretty uh aloof with his hmm. response he you know just i it, it, i don't know if it had been a gift or if it had been an impulse purchase for for me and I, and obviously for you as this is a reach watch it wouldn't be those things it mm-hmm. wouldn't be an impulse purchase I, it occurred to me that maybe it was for him so hmm. um it, it, it's interesting i think shinola 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 we're going to chicago we need your help america what, uh, or, or man a lot of folks in the uk listening some folks in france hey uk can you tell hey, us world is it shinola shinola um Maybe Shinola, shit in Shinola. I don't know. Detroit, man, that's not Chicago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I think that they, I think that Shinola has this. That's that's the trick. You just sort of make it vague. Is it Shinola? Shinola, Shinola. It could go either way. Just breathe out while you say it. <laughs> um, they've got this this brand that ha- that both appeals to to watch people and appeals to maybe the general public. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which I think that appeal to the general public is is part of what makes watch people feel a little uh, a little sort of anxiety or, or, or what what compels that like distancing that happens in the watch world. Like this is a watch that's marketed at you know client you know banker client who is not being thoughtful. It's not marketed to me who's being thoughtful about my purchase. But I think that's such a weird, pretentious it's mindset. Bullshit. It's bullshit. So is Rolex. Look at a Rolex or Omega <laughs> right. or Tag or any of these watch brands that make phenomenal watches. 
are they're not being marketed to us. We're such a small chunk of the population that right. if you market to watch people specifically, prepare to fail. Right. Well, and that's I mean, micro brands have such a small market segment. You know, you're selling a seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred dollar watch to you know eight people. Yeah, I mean, and they, it's out they, of the passion for it. It's not to 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 detract from what they're doing, but all big watch brands, their goal is to get bought. Yeah, well, I I think most of them. Yeah, I bet that's right. And, and they don't care if it's us, like who appreciate watches for more than just the aesthetic behind it, or for what type of movement they have in it, or the cool technology that they put into it. They just want to get bought. Yeah, well, I I think that's right. You know, we've we've heard uh we've heard two broke watch snobs talk about their trip to the Hong Kong Watch and Clock Fair quite a bit, and they were you know I know hearing Mike and Kaz talk about the, you know, sort of disenchantment with walking in and having folks say, you know, if you have $10,000, we can put your name on, on a watch and you have a watch brand. And then the, the idea being... I'm into that. <laughs> I don't have $10,000, but I mean, if that's all it takes. 40 and 20 watches come in your way spring 2019. Oh, who did they... They did an episode where you could do a customizable watch was it undone i don't I yeah don't know. i was yeah. undone yeah those, are, those are cool so I, I actually approach this a little bit differently um not a lot differently I, I i think that our uh the amount of time we've been looking at watches is, is a little different and so i think that's part of it my reach was a little bit different a, a little bit more than, than yours um i i tend to think about anything sort of under a thousand really anything under eight hundred dollars to me feels like something that i could justify not several times per year but um you know i could justify that without having to think about it or worry about it a lot i i went with a reach must be nice category yeah i mean it's not i don't know that it's a resource thing it's not a resource thing no it's It's, purely the the time you spent with watches the watches you have it, it it makes complete sense, and and what we're what we're looking at is two people in different stages yeah. of that of that watch purchasing. There, there's a desensitization desensitization that happens uh, to to you know to pricing. You know, mm-hmm. when I bought like a, we were talking about our first watch purchase, your Citizen Aviator at 180 bucks was painful. S- same for my mm-hmm. my SKX. You know, I could come home and say, Hey Kim, there's this 180 dollar watch that I really want to buy. Can we do it next month? Can we be like. Yeah, whatever. I did uh, it this morning. <laughs> so uh, there's a desensitization that happens. And that is, uh, I, I think I'm just further along <laughs> in being desensitized. So, you know, I think about these uh, entry-level micro-brand watches. Most of them come in, you know, usually between 400 and 700, I, I think is is a pretty... I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. NTH is, is is sort of at that higher end. And then, you know, we've got some of the watches we've talked about, Lawyer or Laurier or Dan Henry, mm-hmm. that come in at the lower end of that. But that's kind of the spectrum. Those, to me, are, are not what I'd consider reach watches. When I think about a reach watch, I'm thinking about $1,000, $1,200, $1,300. Those are watches that I think... I might get one of those someday because I'll tell you right now, a sub $7,000 sub, I'm not getting one. I'm not getting one unless, for instance, I get hit by a car and I get a settlement or something like that. <laughs> one of those things, you know, um, unless I just run into a stupid money, I'm not, and I'm not, 
I think even then I'm gonna be hard pressed to be able to justify spending that kind of money on. Yeah, watch. I'm. I'm not gonna spend seven thousand dollars on a watch. It's not. It's not where I am in my collection. So, if I think about what's the most expensive watch I'm gonna buy, it's it's here. It's it's in this thousand to fifteen hundred dollar range. I picked three watches. I don't. I don't know that we need to talk about each one of them in detail, um, but just sort of to to go through. You know what my thought process was. The the first watch I've pulled up here is a Nomos Campus club uh nomos club campus this is a watch uh by a super cool company nomos i think get street cred from nomos N- no oh it's maybe nomos N- namos oh i like that one better <laughs> uh this is a brand that gets that gets nods from you, you know en- entry-level folks uh you, you know maybe not entry-level but affordable folks and and the luxury watch crowd as well the the campus is their um entry level selection and and i've got a problem with the marketing here this watch is marketed as a watch for graduates and in fact if you go to the website it says the graduates club celebrating milestones in life let's be really clear this is a fifteen hundred dollar watch uh those folks buying their kids $1,500 graduation watches are different than me. Very. If, I did if, not grow up in that world. No, and if if my parents got me a $1,500 watch when I graduated from any time I've graduated, right. I'd be offended because I want the money. Like, just give me the money. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would have been offended, but I, it, I mean, A, it wouldn't have been realistic in our, in our family, and, and B, it would have been... Bottom line, it's just not something that would have happened. We, that's not who, where, where we were as, as a family, and it's not. It wouldn't have made sense. So I, I struggle a little bit with the marketing here. It makes me feel a, a little know. a little wonky. With that said, so put that in a put that in a box, shut the box, and, and step it back because this watch, holy cow, beautiful. Uh, they are a fifty. It's a fifteen hundred dollar watch. I can't remember exactly what it is. Fifteen. Well, fifteen hundred for the, I think this is a thirty-six version, or sixteen fifty for the thirty-eight. You can get them used, which is what I would do certainly if I was going to purchase one of these for closer to a thousand. California dial again controversial. Um, I, I think it, I think it works really well. The the font on the numbers is really contemporary, sans serif. It's got these funky colors, you know. It's kind of got a uh mint green and there's some pinks in there beautiful super beautiful watch uh street cred for days i, I love them I-, I i really do like them i, I like them a lot M- minus the the this is for graduates aspect it almost makes me feel like i'm not supposed to get one you know you, you know this is this watch is too immature for me or something i don't know i, I don't oh, feel yeah, that I can, way i can kind of see that so, uh, uh, if if I'm able to suspend my, if I'm able to suspend that part, and I think I would be, the, I I would certainly reach for this watch. It might not be my first choice, even though I've brought it up here first because of that thing. Which I'll, I'll, I'll work on suspending that when I'm going to buy my first eleven hundred dollar watch. But I think it's great. The reason for me, this is a reach watch. The reason for me, I even consider this watch versus a. You know, I, I don't know what would be comparable. I mean, I guess this would fit a similar place in my collection as as the Saab, or you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm buying this to be an everyday, dressy enough for a suit, 
casual enough for uh, a t-shirt or or you know rolled up sleeves whatever you wear this thing you know might you probably don't you do yard work in this thing but um outside of that it, you, you, there's although if you're getting one for graduation you might be using it for yard work <laughs> that's right so uh the other one I, i've picked a couple micro brands here and we don't need to talk about these in in detail but two watches in particular that have come up in my sort of watch mm-hmm. ramblings the orion calamity which is mm-hmm. orion's most recent maybe not most recent i think it's the most recent their most recent sort of release dive watch beautiful if you haven't looked at an orion calamity look at it because you will uh you'll drool they're 1500 bucks which is a lot of money and and i i have looked now since we've started talking about this topic for one use haven't seen one pop up on chrono 24 that's a good sign haven't seen one pop up on watch recon i know they're out there i don't think you can find them used so and and i'm not sure you can find them new this is a pre-order only at this point gorgeous gorgeous uh nick from orion is someone I i don't know um at all but he was in watch school. I think he maybe worked for a big watch brand at some point, or or maybe he was in watch school and started modding Seikos. That's what it is. He was modding watches. He was doing engraving and came out with his Orion Field Standard watch and then has transformed from being sort of a watch modder in watch school now to a maker of beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful timepieces. This is a nerd watch. This is a watch nerd's watch. Um... I can't think of another watch that's more watch nerds watch than this one. It's it's exclusive pricing. It is without any reasonable criticism. Uh, I mean, you can criticize the design. It's got knurling on the on the bezel edges and knurling on the crown. But but design aspects aside, this watch is legit. Every you know he's the ultimate watch nerd as he's putting himself through watch school, making a watch based on his idea of what makes a good watch. This thing is cool. Uh, the other one I picked Monta triumph. Monta is a brand that I think kind of popped up out of nowhere. Uh, I know that they were uh, a brand that was trying to do a retail, uh, a, a retail market segment and, and they eventually shifted to online sales. So they, they, when they, when the Monta came out with their first watch, which wasn't the triumph, uh, I think their first watch was the Ocean Ocean King, if I'm remembering that right. And they were, were trying to get into to dealers, to to mm-hmm. brick and mortar stores. And I think ultimately they found that you, you you can't do that. No matter how good a watch you're making, you're not going to be able to do that. So they dropped their prices, I think, almost in half, Ooh. and started selling direct to consumers in an online model. And their watches are phenomenal. They're cool. The finishing on these things, I don't think is, I don't think there's another watch in this price range under, you know, maybe 2000 2500 bucks that's coming anywhere near competing to this. The finishing is beautiful. All the beveled edges, um, the corners, the transitions are all stunning. That crown is beautiful. The dial work is beautiful. 1375 and and I think closer to 1500 1550 on a metal bracelet that's a ton of money it, for me that's a ton of money that is a reach yeah I could do it I, I'm gonna have to have multiple conversations ten, with my wife 10 plus I'm probably gonna save for many months 
and it's going to be focused or play video lottery or play video lottery just one night at a client function uh (laughs) unrealistic this so so i guess to to round up i've picked these three watches the mana monta oh the the, blue on blue looks so good so monta actually is owned by the same people run by the same people as the folks that make everest watch straps Mm. and everest watch straps are made by uh, or or watch it watch straps rubber straps designed for rolexes primarily i think and and i'm not sure it's exclusively rolex but they are custom fit curved mm-hmm. and rubber straps uh and they are like 300 bucks 275 300 bucks for an everest strap to put on your you know $30,000 yacht master or whatever um really cool not something that i'm going to not something that's on my radar because yeah it's not on my radar not yet but they make now they make watches these watches are fantastic if you want so this is a problem i have and maybe there's a way to run around this and you know i i understand these guys are really accessible but let's say i get a get this on the metal bracelet but what i want to have is a black rubber strap to wear with it really realistic if i got this i'd want a bracelet because that is a gorgeous bracelet Mm -hmm. bracelet i also want to have a black rubber strap so let's say I buy it on the bracelet, because that's usually the best way to do something. Buy it on a bracelet, go to buy a strap, 225 bucks to buy a, a curved and rubber strap. Because it's an Everest strap. Whew, I don't know. That that bugs me a little bit, right? It And maybe I shouldn't say bugs me. It it makes the whole thing feel like... This Less is accessible. Not, this is not for me. Yeah. This is not for me. So when, when I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about reach watches... That's sort of where I am, you, you know, and, and that's not to say that buying something like an NTH, a $700 NTH sub wouldn't be a reach because it would be, um, it would be right. It had, it had made my reach list. It had made your reach list. It would have. Yeah. It just, just given that price point, like when we look at the way we, the way we viewed reaching yours was like for me, like, Oh, 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 <laughs> right. uh, but that is just the next step in you can only buy so many sub 300 sub 400 sub 500 watches before you have to move into that next price bracket and i think that's just kind of the difference in where we're looking yeah well so any any comments you guys have we'd love to hear what what do you guys think are, are reach watches when you when you're thinking about uh when you're thinking about maybe your everyday budget and when i say everyday you know a watch that you are, are are highlighting this year to buy or or maybe watches that would be above that a, a reach for you to buy this year we'd love to get your feedback on that mm-hmm. so changing gears so i got a new strap today maybe not today i saw it today for the first time yeah no i uh i've been eyeballing i think i text messaged you at like two in the morning it was <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks ago and i was like Bro, I need a seatbelt strap right now. I don't know what happened in my head. Something. Yeah, why uh, are you up at two in the morning? That's a whole other thing, I guess. No, we'll not talk about that. All um, right, <laughs> all right. Leaving that alone. Uh, I, I, I just at some point got it in my head. I, I need a seatbelt NATO. I've been into NATOs probably the entire time I've been into watches. I, when I first started looking at watches, it was that SKX, and it was this really organic um middle of the day internet browsing session you know you you stop working and start poking around found the skx 
you see all these photos of SKXs on NATOs. It's like, that looks cool. Uh, you know, the the combinations, you see people putting them on, on like the gray and black bond, quote-unquote bond NATOs. Uh, you see folks putting them on different colors of NATOs. Like, this is, this is it. This is how I get into watches. And not that that was the goal, but... It was it was part of that process for me to get into watches, seeing folks with this watch that is uh, something I'm going to be purchasing right now and putting on this variety of straps, green or blue or whatever, really attractive to me. It was almost immediately after, maybe in the next week or so, I'm not even sure that I had the watch in my hands yet, that I found cheapest NATO straps, which is a brand that everybody's going to know. Um, they have Obviously. like a, 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 yeah, right. They've got a, I think it's a five pack, a starter pack mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, there's a, a green and a, and a bond. There's a bond NATO in there and maybe a, I don't, I don't even remember. I have one. A, a, it's a white, it's a white two stripe with a blue center stripe, a bond, a, like a red, white, and blue America. A red, white, and blue America. A black and a navy and red. I think no, no, no mine's, mine's two black and one red center stripe. So I, I picked one of those up. The cheapest NATO straps, if you haven't tried them, they're totally fine. They're they're serviceable NATOs. There's nothing wrong with them. They they suck though. The hardware sucks. The the nylon itself is is not. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. So I paid thirteen bucks for five NATO straps. I mean, come on. That. I think mine was a little bit more than that, but but not a lot, maybe 20, 23 or 24 bucks. So uh, I, I purchased that. I, I put them on the SKX, and I was instantly underwhelmed. Instantly underwhelmed. And and I think there there's two factors to that. One, the the SKX Jubilee is so good, mm-hmm. and, and you don't expect it to be that good, mm-hmm. I don't think, when you're buying that watch. And, and, and two, the, the hardware is bad. The nylon's bad. The, the, the SKX is heavy enough that it, it, it sort of moves on the it moves on top of the nylon um so i i didn't really i didn't really feel it i had all these natos i i bought more natos thinking i just don't have the right natos but i'm still buying these sub ten dollar you know these seven eight nine ten dollar natos which seem expensive when you're buying straps for your watch that that's right. You, you know, it, it changed for me when I bought a Blue Shark. It was a Blue Shark, Ooh. their standard NATO, mm-hmm. um, the the OG nylon, but with their beefier hardware. That that was what really changed it for me. Um, it was it's an eighteen millimeter. I still have it. It's an eighteen millimeter gray NATO with their brushed hardware. It's got their name signed in it. Not I don't care about the name being signed in it, but the hardware's. The hardware is is well done. It it's chunky but not overly so. The nylon is nicer, not by a, an order of magnitude, but but it's just nicer. Everything's mm-hmm. nicer. That really changed it for me. Is seeing what a, a nice NATO can do. Um, I, I've got a, I've got a handful now of what I'd call nice NATOs, but what I didn't have is a seatbelt NATO. One of these luxury natos maybe i don't know the first time i ever saw one was on omega i think that's probably what the genesis of the seatbelt nato was when omega came out with their nato strap people were like that's different and cool and holy shit i want one but they're 175 bucks you know the nato companies and and i don't know who it was i know phenomenato am i saying that right tomato 
tomato phenomenon phenomenon yeah i don't know uh, how you'd say it toxic nados blue shark several companies uh all sort of at once it seemed like came out with these higher end luxury nados and i i was intrigued i didn't pull the trigger and i don't know why there's no good reason for me to have not pulled the trigger i recently saw i think it was on average bros um average bros instagram feed they've been uh talking about these haviston straps i picked up a haviston strap i picked an 18 millimeter uh, i can't remember what the designation is this thing is it's kind of like a, a khaki in the middle and, and an olive drab on the on the edges seatbelt nato style it's their a2 version their second iteration it's a single pass so instead of doubling the material under mm-hmm. the watch it's just a single pass through good lord it's so comfortable this thing is incredible, man. Uh, I've put this... I, I really only have two watches that I wear on an 18 millimeter. I've got my SNK 809, the black SNK, and I've got my HK Ed 1963 chronograph. Put both of those things on this on this strap. Are It's like, this is it. This is the strap mm-hmm. that was made for this watch or, or vice versa. <clears throat> Super natural. Um, and they look phenomenal. And it feels so good. First thing I notice is that they have structure and they're soft. Somehow they have they have joined those two things. Because often you put on a, a really well-structured nylon strap and it feels it. Yeah. It, it feels like you're wearing malleable plastic. R- right. They're, re- they're really <laughs> chunky and, and uncomfortable. But that is not that. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly all the... All the the engineering or or the the physical the physics that go into this thing but um it, it's silky smooth i think that that's probably the best way to describe it in my mind is it's it's just silky i do notice that there is a difference between the weave on the inner portion that that khaki portion and the outer olive drab portion i'm not sure if it's a different material or if it's a termination that makes it uh, uh, feel a little different but it, it's a different feel as you transition out it's also a weird i'm not sure if it's the picture i saw of it made it look like a metallic sheen yeah and when i saw it i was initially too polite to say "Ooh, i'm glad i waited to pass judgment until i saw it because that metallic sheen that you see in photographs of it is just not there and it's gore i mean to the extent it is it's gorgeous it's uh it's got it's shiny it's it's great. It's great. Get one. It they're I don't know twenty eight bucks. I think is what I paid for this. Uh, it took a little bit of time to get here, maybe seven days or so. They were really responsive. I think I emailed them after I ordered it because I'm the I'm like a a, a helicopter parent with my with my uh, shipping orders. Um, they were really nice. Great, fantastic, beautiful, wonderful. The hardware. Uh, the hard. I actually was a little bit suspicious of the hardware. I'm gonna hand this to you. I was suspicious of the hardware when I ordered it because <clears throat> it's hard to, to make out from pictures how nice this hardware is going to be. Uh, and I'd heard people uh, talking it up. It's so good. The mm-hmm. the buckle it, in and of itself, I, I'm not sure. It, it's it, it's not easy to put into words why it's good because it's just it's just good. It's objectively good. I mean, it's it's a thick piece of metal i mean it's just it's it's just as thick as as the bracelet on the mako that i'm wearing and it's it's thick without being without being chunky yeah 
it's 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 both thick and unobtrusive. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I see those Panerai, uh, Panerai style buckles, the really sort of wide. I'm sure I wouldn't like that. This is not like that. It, it's thick and substantial, but also really unobtrusive, super comfortable. The edges are rounded, super good. If you that that noise was me doing the like side of my mouth cluck with a, a cluck? with a okay sign. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, really good. I'm I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm gonna start pimping the heck out of these things because they're fantastic. So, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing a Mako. Orient Mako. The Orient Mako. Orient it's a good. Mako. It's a good uh, everyday go-to. I mean, so Andrew and I are super lucky to have almost the same exact wrist size, so I can take his watch. <sighs> the identical wrist size. I think I. I think it's safe to say. I can put his wrist, his watch on my wrist with a strap, not have to do any micro adjustments or anything. Uh, this watch is so good. Yeah. It, it's just, a, it's a good everyday wear. It's not ostentatious. Black Orient Mako. Yeah, the, the black dial, the, the, the black bezel. Listen, listen. Ooh. <laughs> this watch is good. This watch is good in so many ways, ways the SKX is not. I think what it comes down to is, is, is it Pepsi or is it Coke? I mean, they have, they're, they're both. They're both filling the same need. They're similar price point. They both look good. They both feel good. I like the bracelet on the SKX a lot more. Yeah. Because actually, this on my drive over, it pulled my arm hair. <laughs> I was annoyed. It's so weird. Uh, oops, sorry. Uh, that, you know, this is a conversation I have in my head quite a bit. And that's how nerdy I am that I think about these things on a day-to-day basis. But... The the SKX is ubiquitous. I think the SKX probably sells two to one, three to one versus Mako would be my guess. That's and, probably a safe guess. And and I think I I assume that's Orient Mako, Orient Ray, USA, mm-hmm. the full spectrum of everything that I I would drop all those into the Mako. I still bet SKX outsells it by quite a bit. There's something about the SKX that is intangible. It's sexy in a way that the Mako is not. But with that said. I think the Mako is better. I like the the angled bezel on the Mako a lot more. I don't like how square the bezel is on the SKX. Just for me, in the way that what I want in a watch, it's got a much taller profile that I. Well, I and that's just, and that's subjective. As for me, that's subjective. I think objectively the Mako is better. I think the especially the two iteration, the the Mako mm-hmm. two with hacking hand winding, it hand winds right. I think so. What you, I you wear got it, it you I got it in your hand. It, I wear it often <laughs> enough that I've never. I mean, it's just it's it's a little bit. All, all the tolerances are tighter. You know, when you turn that 120 click yeah, bezel around, a, it lines up. It lines up. Um, objectively, better watch, but subjectively, for me, it's still the SKX. So we take your pick, Pepsi or Coke or RC. We, uh, could, we could throw something in Royal there. Crown? The RC, yeah. Is Royal Crown a national brand? If we talk about Royal Crown, does everybody know what that is? I just, I don't see a world where it's not. Because I, here it is again. I like RC to all, to the other two. You you prefer RC? I do. I don't so know So there is a brand that's at least still modestly prevalent out here in the Northwest. It's it's West Coast wide. I, I think RC has to be. Because it was started in Georgia. RC was? Yeah. I want to say Athens. I don't know why Athens sticks out. But it could be Atlanta because they both start with A's. But but Royal Crown is a the only phone here. the only the only chain I can think of that still sells Royal Crown is McMinimins. 
So there's a, a chain of a, a brewery chain out here. They there it's a sort of brew pub chain, and they have really cool, uh, really cool campuses. They've got hotels and golf courses and movie theaters. Um, and... That's right. Uh, it, it's all very independent, hipstery, and good. Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, it's a national Georgia. soda. Okay. So the only place I know of that still sells RC is McMinimins, but I'm I'm sure there's more places in McMinimins. Well, maybe not. Maybe they're exclusive. It's the McMinimins brand now. Used to be prevalent, not anymore. I don't like it. It's pretty sweet. I like it. I prefer it to the other two. He doesn't like donuts, but he likes. I RC. know, right? <laughs> I'm a disaster. I think we're getting really close. We're gonna wrap up, you guys. Probably a little long. A couple of listener corrections we want to make. Um, Watch you seek user the tie says, if you guys know what watches you will discuss ahead of time, please double check the specs, movements, and whatnot. An example is where you said in episode one that the deep blue NATO diver has an NH35. It's an NH36. Totally true. That's a mistake, I think. Uh, I almost find those two uh, uh, movements interchangeable. NH36 has a... Uh, day date complication nh35 just a date second you second listener uh correction at some point in episode two i referred to hooded lugs on the scurfa diver one as i sit here today i have no clue what i was talking about i apologize the scurfa diver one doesn't have hooded lugs i knew that i know that i'm not sure what i was referring to i was probably trying to say something really important it's gone Thank you for joining us for this third episode of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.